Rock Fake Spike number 83. We are rolling along. I, I did one, didn't do one for seven months. Now I'm doing two and three a week. Joining me once again, the one and only Lorenzo Mamelli. What's going on, my friend? Hey, Rob. Great to be here. It's a great, great time been a great be week, today. hasn't it? Hasn't it been a great week to be a Jet fan? It's it very rare. Yeah. I mean, it's December yeah. and we have hope. You know, look at that. Jet. December. Yeah. They just lit the Christmas tree in Rockefeller Center. My daughter was standing there sending me video. And uh, I said, oh, look at this. It's, it's December. And I thought the same thing you just said. I said, it's December and we're playing meaningful football. Not, so, just not meaningful, even meaningful we a real football. Shot. We're playing. We're, yeah. We are playing. We still have a division title to win right division now in December. And, uh, That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I, uh, I just did a, uh, a quick one with Barry and Phil. You know, Barry, of course. Phil Corradino yeah. from, the, from the site. Those guys, uh, they're starting their own little podcast called Curtis Up the Middle because that was Paul Hackett's whole game plan was Curtis left, Curtis right. <laughs> Third Curtis down, up Curtis the up middle. the middle. So they, uh, so and, and his son has followed in his footsteps over there he? in Denver. No. It, well, really, that's he's that he has got to be one of the worst coaches in football. I know he's got a hell of a thing with, with having Russell Wilson as the albatross around his neck, oh, geez, huh? but you watch him coach a game and you think it makes his father look like Dan Coriel. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, that, oh, yeah, oh, that's right. I, I thought we were talking about Curtis Martin. I'm like, Curtis Martin's son, yeah, no, Denver's coach makes no, some pretty bad decisions, man. That's yeah. But anyway, yes, we uh we are talking December football. It's now November thirtieth at ten twenty six p.m. As I say this, and there's no way the Jets cannot be out of it in December because they won't play until December fourth. How exciting is that? I mean, it's that it, seven it, it's, years. Yeah, it's it's I'm I'm elated. I mean, that game on you know, I refuse to engage in any of this second guessing because oh, we were playing the Bears oh, and stop. the Bears. Are, it's not, please, the bottom line is. From the very first offensive snap, you saw it. You felt it. And the results were right there for anybody with eyes to see. And if you're going to qualify everything, then, you know, we call ourselves, you call this, this you know, this, the darksiders. You have to be the most ama- ultimate darksider not to have sat there and enjoyed that and to spend all your time uh, qu- qualifying it in, with, with the fact that it was the Bears. The bottom line is, who it is. look Look how efficient that offense ran. Look at how Mike White, who, you know, everybody said, well, you know, don't worry. He's, you know, he's still Mike White. He's still Mike White. He's, Mike White did something in one game this season that Zach Wilson didn't do in 20 games. <laughs> he hit 10 different receivers. 10. Yeah. Okay. Not. <laughs> well, I'll take that I, a step I, I further. Zach, uh, yeah. Not Zach. Was Mike White did something that that Zach Wilson hasn't done in 20 games either, and that's hit multiple receivers in stride, and he did it on the first drive. I mean, Yeah, right other, off the bat. Yeah, other than that that um, Pittsburgh fourth quarter where, where Wilson was humming a little bit, when have you ever seen him hit receivers in stride? Ever. It never happens. And White did that for the for, – I think he hit three or four guys in stride where they didn't even have to move on the first drive alone is more than Wilson's done in his whole career. And that's that sounds like it's a bad joke, but it's true. You know, Wilson's famous pass, I think the one pass that Wilson threw in his brief tenure as the Jets starting quarterback uh, was that uh, was in his first season when he uh, was flushed out of the pocket, Titans. rolled towards the sidelines, and he and he's directing Corey Davis to just go, and he uncorks this, this whatever it was, close to 60-yard pass and hits Corey Davis in the end zone. And 
everyone went gaga over it, me included, probably you as well, yeah. because we saw, oh, that's the guy that we saw in the combine throw that 70-yard ball through the air, and that's why he's here, because he can move out of the pocket, roll away from the pressure, and his, on his arm strength alone can make those spectacular throws. Yep. Wonderful. You know, but what we wanted more than anything is like, okay, we drafted him because of his potential to make big plays, to extend the plays. But we never thought in a million years that the guy who has the potential to make those big plays can't do easy stuff. what Robert Sala called the easy things easy. That was so perfectly expressed the by the coach. He's got the Mackie yeah. Sasser syndrome. He can't throw the yeah, yeah, well, easy ones. Mackie Sasser. Yeah, you're a Met fan. Me, a Chuck Knobloch Top guy not. from the Yankees. <laughs> Same thing. Right? That's funny. He got yeah, the yeah. yips. It's true. Yeah, the, I did the a... most fundamental part of the game seems to elude him, and that's the worst part of it because I can't make any more apologies for him because, it, yeah, it's un, you know, it's, almost, it's strange to say it's unfortunate. It's not unfortunate. The team matured at a rate far greater than the quarterback. It's true. And we have been waiting a very long time just to be relevant again. And here we are relevant. And the biggest piece of the puzzle, the quarterback position, wasn't getting the job done. And the thing about Mike, why we're all in love with Mike White is not because we think Mike White is going to be the next Tom Brady. It's because Mike White does the things that we expect Zach Wilson to be able to do. And he goes out there and he does them well. And so we're going to say, like, well, you know, Mike White, well, look, if Mike White was really any good, would he have been still, you know, he's a 27 so years stupid. old and he hasn't started on Would the Cowboys have let him go? Uh, Maybe. We can go down the yeah. list of quarterbacks who were not taken in the first round, who were taken in the third to the fifth rounds that wound up leading their teams deep into the playoffs. Yeah. It happens. Right, but you also have to flip that and say that a guy who's drafted in the fifth round is never going to get the same opportunities as a guy in the second round. It's just first, in the first round. It's just not going to happen. So Mike White, unless he came out and immediately, and look at that, even the, the blue chip guys don't come out and light it up immediately. So unless Mike White came out and lit it up immediately, he probably never got a chance to begin with. He, he never would have got that chance, and he never is. He never would have. If not, even now, if Zach Wilson didn't open his mouth last week, Mike White probably still doesn't have have a chance but yeah i mean agreed. there's yeah. no way and i don't care what anybody says i don't care what Salah says there's no way the jets can go back to zach wilson now unless white gets hurt that's the only way anything else you lose that team and you tell that team that you know our pride is more important than than winning because that's the only excuse you could possibly have for going back to wilson is to try and justify picking him where you did well wait, rob they, they're clearly not going to go back to wilson when they don't dress him when they've elevated Flacco to number two behind White and they're not dressing Wilson, they're making it very clear that in the event White gets hurt, they're going to Flacco. They're not going to Wilson. Yeah, but Wilson, I, I don't know, if, is Wilson dressed this week? I thought that was, I figured that was a punishment like they did to Elijah Moore a few weeks yeah, ago. Well, so I, yeah, well, yeah, let, let's, yeah, let's see. Let's I don't see know, do. but at, the, at this particular point, it looks clear that un, unless, there's, unless he's dressed on Sunday, and I can't imagine he would be because... I, I see one thing about Robert Sala that I like very much. Okay. This is a guy. He's not a stubborn guy. He's obviously an uber positive guy. He wants to stress and accentuate the positive, build the team uh, unity and get all the guys pushing and pulling in the same direction. Uh, but at the same time, he's not the type of guy. He's like, okay, well, you know, we, we invested a number two pick overall pick in this guy and we have to put him out there. He, he, he did what needed to be done. He recognizes the fact that this team is capable of doing some amazing things. You know, people are worried now. So, yeah, we'll see what he does against Minnesota. I said, listen, 
I I understand that Minnesota is right now the number two seed in the NFC behind Philadelphia. But Minnesota, two weeks ago, got absolutely waxed at home. 40 to 3. 43, okay. Yeah. At home. They almost lost mind to the you, Patriots, okay? who, you know, even with and, all the guys they have, they almost lost to the right. Patriots. Right. So while, you know, listen, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, uh, I don't mean to denigrate what the Vikings have accomplished to this point, but I'm not going into Minnesota right now with my tail between my legs, worried that the Vikings are going to steamroll us. Could it happen? Of course it could happen. But at the same time, I've seen enough from this team that I can go into this game with a degree of confidence. And if we just run an efficient offense and our defense continues to play the way they play, I think we uh, have as good a chance as anybody in Minnesota this week. I agree. I'm actually going to the game. I don't know if I told you. I, uh, yeah, I heard. Yeah, I, yeah. I saw you post that, I that you're a, getting on a plane to Minnesota. Wait. My kids a, going Bring to back the, a win, Rob. I'm hoping so, man. My kids, the first road game I'm bringing them to. Oh, you're bringing the I'm boys bringing with the you? the boys. It's, it's a, you oh, know, that's it's a, fantastic. It's the first road game they've gone to. They're excited to go. Uh, my my older son, 15 years old, has really gotten into football to the point where now he was disappointed we were late for Thanksgiving, so he couldn't watch it. He had to watch it in the car. My younger son's always been into sports, so it's going to be exciting, but um, I'm not going to sidetrack this with that. I want to go back to the Mike White thing for a second with, with everybody complaining that, hey, it was the Bears. Listen, we're darksiders, okay? We've been following this team. Depending how old you are, you could be following it for 10 and, have, and be miserable. You could be following it for 40 like us and be miserable. The Jets usually lose those games, and the, quarter, the Jets never have a quarterback that steps up doesn't matter if it's a peewee football team the quarterback in that situation shits the bed 90 percent of the time when when the jets get into that situation and in fact we've we're so damaged by ptsd in the first quarter you and me were two of the guys leading the charge that they were going to blow this game and screw this defense can't believe they didn't show up we were we were ready to jump yeah. off a cliff in the first quarter right? i was really i couldn't believe it. i was sitting there <laughs> with my hand i said i can't believe that his guy the offense is awakened and now the defense has, <laughs> has forgotten fall. to show up well, well thankfully they righted that ship early on i would like to think that the offense had a lot to do with that right because they finally got the breaks they needed they finally got to sit back they finally got to not worry about having to go out there and be at the tip top of their form every single drive and i think once once the offense just went out there and picked them up and scored another touchdown after the bears took the lead i think the defense relaxed and, and it allowed them to to be able to do what they did which was buckle down and essentially shut the bears down for the rest of the game i think the offense had a lot to do with that I agree. I mean, as if you're a defensive player and you know that that you know that you do have a little bit of breathing room because the past few weeks the defense has had no breathing room. Okay, they go out there yeah. and they and they basically pitch a shutout against New England and they lose a game. Um, they play. They gave up 17 points to Buffalo, one of the highest powered teams, offensive in the league, and they had to sweat that one out. Uh, and of course, the the New England game the, sandwiched around the Buffalo, week before, huh? you know. Yeah, and ridiculous. then before that was Denver, that, the defense had this bail them out in Denver too. Yeah. So it's and, and, five and straight so games. It's, you know, so they go out there and they ball out virtually every single week, right. and they keep the offense in the game. Um, it must be nice to know that that you don't necessarily have to pitch a shutout. I mean, you know, you're a Met fan. You know what it was like when Jacob Degrom was in his prime. Jacob Degrom was winning games only when he was driving in runs himself. There was a point when the when the pitcher uh, it was batted. Ridiculous. They, they took you away know. the Met's best weapon. They, they I don't. Right. Degrom doesn't. The Degrom. Degrom doesn't bat anymore. <laughs> and, and it's 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 got to be comforting for a defense that could go out there and know that they have a breathing room, they have a margin for error, that they can play a little bit more aggressively, or if you want to say loosely, knowing that okay. 
if we blow a coverage, right. okay, not the, the offense is can cover for us a little. Instead of we having constantly to cover, we have no margin of error, and and that's why I'm pretty confident about this game with Minnesota this week. I, I'm I'm not I I know that Kirk Cousins gets hot sometimes, and Kirk Cousins, and I know Justin Jefferson is going to be a real test for a for a, a Sauce Gardner, um, but. I'm confident this week, you know, and of course, as you've often said, don't be conf- too confident because you will get the proverbial kick to the nuts with this team. Balls so, um, but, you know, I will have to, again, I have a family event on Sunday. I have oh, a christening no. in Long Island <laughs> exactly at the time that the game is on. So I will be <laughs> trying to take a peek in the pew at the church. I'll send you <laughs> some pictures from the on. dome. <laughs> send, yeah, send me some pictures from the dome. That'd so, be cool. Well, so. one bone I'd like to pick with the defense, right? I know it's it's hard to say you want to pick a bone with the defense, but th- there are two things I want to see that defense do before I'm ready to really have confidence in it because they've shown that I can have confidence, but before I, I don't worry about it at all, there's two things I want to see. I want to see the tackling improve, which the tackling has been really bad at sometimes. They, they managed to tighten it up, but here's the big thing I want to see. Turnovers. I want to see some turnovers. They don't ever get turnovers. They get an occasional interception late in the game. They, they, you know, they force four fumbles a game and finally somehow don't land on any of them. I would, I, in, in order for this to be a very big time solid defense that you can say is a great defense, they need to pull the ball away from the other team once in a while. Until I see that, I'm going to consider them a very good defense with a ton of potential. What do you think? I, I agree with you. I think that's one of the. Um, I mean, you. We're both thinking probably the same play in the Chicago game where the ball pops out and there's literally four jets all over all over the place. And one of and them was somehow, on. <laughs> it, yeah, one of them was on it, and the ball still slips out of out of their grasp. And maybe it's because it was such a rainy, miserable day, but it doesn't matter. It's true. Those you know turnovers are. It's strange because you know we you're playing a game with a ball that's made to bounce in an awkward fashion, right? You know, and so it's you, you can be literally right there in front and wind up. I mean the 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 famous are the the play that started us on our roll this season the onside kick in yeah. Cleveland <laughs> was a classic case of that um, you know the ball was just it, it bounced the way we wanted it to and and sometimes it's it's a matter of luck when you have a, a ball that's shaped the way a, a American football is shaped it's but true. It's I true. but I but as far as the tackling goes I agree with you about the tackling that's what I was getting so crazed about while we were watching the game early on on this past Sunday is that there was a lot of sloppy tackling there was a lot of shoulder tackles there were a lot of um, failing to wrap a guy up type of tackles and that's been uncharacteristic at least for on the large part of this defense, but occasionally they have the, those seeming those lapses where they give up chunk plays. That's another thing that's very concerning. They, they, they do give up these 20, 25 yard plays every game, even when they're dominating uh, the new England game aside, they do give up some chunk plays here and now, but, well, they, I really I don't think you can put the New England game aside. The tackling in that last New England game was atrocious for for the uh, same as the Bears. It was terrible early, and then it, and then they they buckled up and were much better. But they 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 held them the field goals. But the tackling was just miserable for for long periods of the last three of the last four games, and it's very concerning because let's face it, other than Buffalo. The Jets have not been facing world beaters. I mean, who's the best receiver on on New England? Jacoby Myers, Devontae Parker. Yeah. What about the Bears? They have nobody at all, right? Running right. backs on both of those teams are pretty good running backs. None of them are great. Stevenson, you know, uh, Montgomery. The Jets Montgomery, are going to be facing yeah. two 
You know, they're going to be facing Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson this week. Yeah. And those, you know, those 25-yard plays that could turn into 60-yard plays with these guys just could be down 21 to 3 in the in the second quarter if they're not careful. They need to be able to wrap these guys up, bring them down. And more importantly, they need to force a turnover here and there, whether it's a big interception somewhere. You know, Ben, don't break, only work so long, and it won't work against a team that's as loaded as Minnesota is on offense. It's true, but uh, to our to our benefit, Minnesota does give up a lot of yards. They do yeah, so, uh, you know, and that's why, yeah, and that's it, yeah. I mean, it, it could be a shootout. I mean, and the whole idea is that I wouldn't go into this game with any confidence right now with Zach Wilson as my quarterback. Oh, um, Mike White gives you a level of, uh, uh, I, I don't want to use the word comfort because we're not there yet, but there, are th- you see the way that the team reacted to Mike White after the game. It was insane. Uh, they were ready to canonize the guy. Yeah. They they obviously love him in the lock. They love the way he plays. They love the way he is able to. I mean, it, it's it's amazing. Did he do anything spectacular on on Sunday? No, he did the basics. He well, threw some beautiful balls on a collective no basis. He was spectacular, but he was on a collective was, basis, yeah, right? Nothing. Right, but but he but he did what needed to be do. He had to, he, he saw his like I said the ball the the, the ball distribution was amazing. When I, I didn't even realize it until after the game when I was looking at the, the stats and saw that he had hit 10 different guys. And to see Elijah Moore after that game, it was like, it was, it was, it was like he's, he's giving thanks to the heavens. I know. I'm, but these I guys mean, were excited, too, when Moore scored that touchdown. I mean, half the team was over there. He was jumping in the air. They were hugging him. And this team was excited, and, and I expected them to be. I, I, I wasn't sure they'd put up 31 points in three quarters, but I expected the team to be juiced, excited, and get out there and do it. And I'm, and I'm glad that they did. I'm glad White was able to live up to the billing because if he would have gone out there and missed these guys or thrown interceptions, that, that would have been a very short-lived uh, excitement. But he did what he had to do, man. The guy was, the guy was, you know, you want to say he didn't do anything individually spectacular, but overall, man, he was, he was accurate. He was calm. And here's the thing. He, he never showed any of the yips that, that Zach Wilson shows. He was, he stayed in that pocket, never showed, even stayed in there too long on the couple of times he got sacked, but he trusts his linemen. He's, he's where the linemen expect him to be. So they don't have to screw up because look how fast football is between the split second when this guy's attacking you and, and that half second where you're like Jesus where'd the guy go you, you, you lose track of your guy and then and then the whole thing collapses you do that multiple times a game the line looks like shit and I never I never thought the line was as bad as it seemed to be um, especially in pass protection and, and look what happened look what they did for Mike White this is not this is no different a line than Zach Wilson had and he made it look like made it look like the Dallas line from the 90s yeah that's I mean I, we, we, we're throwing bouquets at the feet of Mike White and it's amazing that it's it's I tell you, I I rarely find myself. You know me a long time. I rarely find myself at a loss for words. Right. Uh, but this if effort on Saturday, and I'm hoping to see something similar, even if it's not as as flawless. I mean, the guy, what was he like? 20, 20 of twenty eight. Twenty twenty two of twenty eight. So. Twenty two of twenty eight for over three hundred yards, three touchdowns, no picks, and, and they pulled the throttle and, back in the fourth quarter. Right. It, um, so even if he doesn't put up any numbers as gaudy as those, if he just keeps that offense running efficiently to the point where we can contest the game in the trenches and occasionally through the air, with the and if the defense comes out and and plays a, a full game, straight, you know, and obviously tightens up on the tackling and things that you were pointing out earlier, I think we have an excellent chance on Sunday. I mean, the the fact that the the, the line is 
what is it? I think it's three or three, two and a half. Three, which right, is so basically three. a so, toss-up. It's a toss-up. Right. So Vegas, you know, those people make their living making sure that they get money out of our pockets. Both sides, so, yeah. yeah. So that's well, that's. Um, as we were speaking, I, I looked at because we talked about a shootout, and I would have figured the line would be higher, but I guess they're placing a lot of. Um, you know, a, a lot of trust, I guess, in the Jets defense. The line is only 44 and a half, which means a 24-21 game goes over. So I, I think it's going to be higher scoring than that. I think that that over might be a pretty good bet. Not that they were a gambling show, but um, I, I expect that the Vikings to put up some points early. I think the Jets will tighten up, but I think the Vikings will score where some of these other teams didn't, and the Jets are going to have to keep up. I, I see I see a fairly high-scoring game here, to be honest with you. Yeah, this is definitely going to be a challenge. Um it's going to be a challenge for our defense. Yeah. If our defense responds the way they have in the past, then I think we've really got something here. Um, that being said, I'm not going to be disappointed if the defense sur- surrenders 20 or 20, 21, 23 points to the Vikings. But I, I, it's good. then, of course, our offense is going to have to um, prove that last week wasn't a fluke against the weak opponent in bad weather. This is going to be, a, you know, when this game is indoors, so the weather is not a factor. Right. I mean, the only thing you have that's is is the home field advantage for the Vikings. And as I said, they have they have proven that they can be beaten and beaten badly at home. Yeah. So um, I'm ready for this game. I have I'm, I am ready. I wish I could just get ready and get my beer and my nachos and sit down and watch it, but I'll obviously be driving out to Long Island and. And we all know driving out to Long Island means just sitting still and, and oh, reading geez. license plates. Depending where I, you're it's going, ridiculous. absolutely, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. but uh, out to Wontaw, that's going to be a wonderful oh, trip. So you got to go in the southern state. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun, well, fun. the Belt is the worst. It's just the Belt. The terrible. Belt to me is just a road. The Belt parking it, lot. Most, the Belt parking lot. The most obsolete road. I, I just can't stand it's, going to Long Island I anymore. I, I, I really go there can't. twice a week. It's terrible. I, um, I don't know how you could. God bless you. My brother-in-law did it for 44 years. <laughs> he moved to Long Island and kept his body shop in Brooklyn in our old neighborhood. And he did it six days a week. And it's just, there were days where he winds up sleeping in his mother's house because he never thought no, he could get home in time. It's, it's really crazy. Bad. It is. But that's so, the traffic report, folks, <laughs> traffic, for the show. Okay, we, we, we got some gambling. We got some traffic. We got everything tonight. So, so to, to your point about the Jets defense and, and them coming up big, I think in, in, in a best case scenario, this is this. And I said this to Barry and Phil. This is the Jets, like uh, you know, their 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 homecoming, their coming out party, the the announcement to the league that we're here, we're for real. Come fuck with us, you know, because because if the Jets come up big on defense and and Mike White is anything like he was last week, and the Jets, you know, win by by two scores, that is a big statement game, and this could be this could be where you know if it's not the Jets, I I have skeptical about the Jets because it's the Jets, but this is mm-hmm. where in other years we've seen young teams find themselves and and really start to make that push this could if the jets go in here and win this game it could be the start of something pretty special i agree i think we're already at the start of something special but i understand why you would think this game would be that uh that coming out party but um i i just read today that um the game in week 14 our buffalo the buffalo game uh, NBC refused to allow the, the that game to be flexed out into Sunday night. <laughs> Phil mentioned just, that on the, wanna, on the yeah. last one. Yeah. yeah, they didn't want to give it up, so they they wound up they having they wound up taking the Miami uh, Chargers game because NBC said uh, not, was it NBC? NBC wanted it, right. but CBS didn't want to give it up right, because so obviously they they, they anticipate that game between the the rematch in Buffalo to be something that's going to draw some very big numbers. So I think people 
have stood up and, and taken notice of the Jets um, and and that game last week. When it, listen, if this offense can complement this defense, you're right. We've got something special, and I I, I can I'm just we'll, we'll all be giddy. We talk about you know being you know relevant in in December. This offense starts to catch up to some respectable degree with the defense. We're going to be giddy in January, and that'll be something we haven't experienced in. in <laughs> think about it. Your boys haven't. Your boys were probably too young to see. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Where they, 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 they never they never saw the Jets in the playoffs, right? Your oldest no. is fifteen. My oldest is fifteen. They were both around when the Jets made the playoffs, but one of them was one, and the other was four. They, they're not oh yeah, there you go. That, so they've right. never experienced this yet. Yeah, they so. have not experienced <laughs> it. And my younger son was with me when the Jets last beat the Patriots in that overtime game. In 2015, he 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 remembers it because when I when I pointed it out to him, he was like, "Oh yeah, that's when this and that's when that." He remembers being there, but seven years. I, I made a point earlier, um, not not on my own podcast that that seven years for a guy guys in our age range, seven years is not a long time, right? I mean, it's seven years. It, it depends what it is. I mean, if if you're being tortured, seven years is a long time. In the grand scheme True. of things, it's not. But think think of seven years in this fact my my kids were 15 uh, 15 and 13 they were they were 6 and 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 9 6 and 8 when when the jets last were in a meaningful game not even the playoffs right running backs half most of the running backs in the league probably weren't around or at least they weren't stars 7 years ago right a lot of quarterbacks right. have gotten old run, wide receivers have gotten old you know all the big quarterbacks in the league we can go through them other than Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady right i mean Mahomes wasn't around Herbert wasn't around Jalen Hurts wasn't around. Um, yeah, Burrow wasn't around. Burrow yeah. wasn't around. So, so 2015 yeah. is seven years ago. In life, seven years is is not all that long. In football, that's a long, long time. That's how long it's been since we've had something to look forward to in December. Not even a playoff game. Twelve years since that. Twelve years, Lorenzo. Yeah, twelve years. I, and and I, I I would bet that both you and I and Phil and Vinny and Barry and everybody in the Darksiders group would never have thought that after our second trip to the AFC championship game, that we would be sitting here all these years later waiting for our next playoff appearance. Never. We thought we were on the cusp of something big. We did. And, you know, at that season, the season after the second AFC championship game under Rex, if I'm right about this, that was we were eight and five at one yep. point. The Victor and, Cruz game. Oh, the Victor and the, Cruz game. And oh. the Santonio Holmes leaving the huddle in Miami oh, to find it. Yeah. God, oh. <laughs> yeah. That that game, I was at that. I were you there on that? That was Christmas Eve. The Christmas Victor Eve. I, that well, that was the year I went to all sixteen games. I literally oh, went to all sixteen. You, you traveled right? right, and and I and my my ex girlfriend, girl I was dating at the time, had her family over Christmas Eve, and of course was like, "Why don't you just skip the game for Christmas Eve?" I'm like, "I've come this far. There's no way." Yeah, so I was really. late for Christmas Eve. I remember it cl- clearly. Victor Cruz and that 99 yard touchdown was the dagger in the Jets' heart, and you could argue that that spiraled them out of control the way they are now because that was kind of the end for Rex even though he hung on for a couple of years and they've never yeah. recovered from that Victor Cruz touchdown really the only Rex only had one more non losing season after that he had I think it was the Geno year where they were 8-8 eight eight, 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 right yeah. that was it that well, was it that's the best see the thing is I was never a, Rex, a fan of Rex at all I never liked him um, early on a little bit but I just felt like you know he was too he was too loud they seemed to be up for some games but then they'd be flat and and I 
told my buddy, we were in Miami for that game because that's the year he went to all 16. I, I told my buddy that that Rex Ryan lost the team needs to go. And he looked at me like I was crazy on that game because the inmates were running in the asylum. San Antonio Holmes, you know, like walked out of the huddle and, and was fighting with Ladanian Tomlinson and the whole team like kind of thing. And Rex never disciplined anybody, never did anything. And, and yeah, that's what, yeah. And it's kind of like, I loved. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I loved Rex, but I agree with everything you said about it because he the did. By the time we got through, you know, those first two years, I mean, you can you you can be critical of Rex in retrospect, and and obviously after that uh, second, after 2010 and the next season, where you know we looked like we were finally going to go to the playoffs for three straight years for the first time in our history, and then it all unraveled. And you're right, we never recovered, and um, I think, and then we we wind up firing Tannenbaum. Keeping, keeping Rex, Rex I know, yeah. and hiring John Idzik. Idzik. <laughs> oh my God, the <laughs> man who had the man who had twelve picks, and I, and they were all a disaster. <laughs> Every single one. It's bad. I mean, he had one guy. I forget what's the the, the receiver that stuck around, um, but that was about it for a while. Um, but it doesn't matter because it was a disaster, and. Um, you know, Although but that, Quincy, there was a lot of Quincy, yeah. Um, yeah, Quincy and Nunwa. Quincy and yeah, 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 Quincy and was the only guy from his twelve pick <laughs> draft. That was bad. Jalen Sand- you know, Jalen Saunders yeah. and uh, trying to remember some of these other guys. It was just bad. the other receiver from uh, from uh, oh the guy who oh my god I forget forget it. It's just too, too, too painful. Yeah. This is not a this is not a relive all the painful moments in your your jet <laughs> fandom. That would be a long podcast. podcast. But, <laughs> but that's we should um, do that sometime. <laughs> That if really that could go on. You could go on for hours. Oh, yeah. You should do that when we get everybody on here at one time. Get right. Barry on here. Get all of, everybody we on here. Come up with absolute. our own. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, but this is what what it is to be a Jet fan. When hope is dangled in front of you like a carrot, you know, and and you, and you want to snatch that carrot, but you're also very worried that you know that the carrot is rotted on the inside. So you don't know if you should actually take a nice oh, bite of that sucker. So, so, yep. you know, we, we, right now, you know, I really want to take a bite of it. You want to, everybody wants to, because we've waited so damn long and we see so many good things out of this team right now. And, you know, people talking about, well, you know what, you know, they, they, they can't abandon Zach yet because, you know, they invested a number two pick in him. So, they, so what, so what, this is not going to. I understand that when you have the second overall pick after you've made like three quarterback picks in the past ten years and they've all been disasters. The bottom line is Joe Douglas's drafts the past two years and his free agent acquisitions, his trades, have propelled this team to where they are right now, where they can be led by somebody like Mike White and maybe make a run not only into the playoffs but make a run in the playoffs. Okay, so if, you know, even if Zach Wilson turns out to be a bust, the bottom line is he's got so much more to fall back on because he built the team. Think about how bad this team was just one year ago. I, it is a dramatic improvement no, in the is, span of one year. This is, you know, and peop- some people, I'll give them credit, but they, they were saying it only because it happened, not because they thought it would here. Is, is you know, teams do do this often. Look at the Bengals last year, and, and it turned out to be a pretty valid comparison where the Bengals were were absolutely awful and then suddenly the next year they were making a super bowl run that that is you know the jets are much closer to that than i think any of us would have ever given them credit for at the beginning of the year especially after the start they had agreed i mean well, dare to dream get, getting back to same old jets for a second right because yeah the thing is 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 people who who are not as you know as ptsd as we are think same old jets just means they're bad no 
That is not what Same Old Jets is about. Same Old Jets is about hope. Same Old Jets is about, you, as you said, dangling the carrot and getting your hopes up and then pulling the rug out. It could mean that they're bad when you expect them to be good. It could mean that they are good just long enough to let you believe. And then, and then they, I mean, that, that is Same Old Jets. It is not about like a bad organization. That's just a bad, I mean, the Cardinals are a pretty bad organization a lot of time, the Browns. But the Same Old Jets is all about the hope. It's about getting your hopes up, finally believing they turn the corner only to lose in some incredibly, unbelievable fashion that you would never have seen. Yeah. Like the Patriots yeah, that's game true. last week. I mean, that's- yeah. That Patriots game last week was, you know, and, but remember we had this discussion last week about, yeah, that was another way to find a way to lose that We had not previously experienced before, but they found a way to lose. Right. But um, the bottom line is though, we recognized one thing about that game last week is though, even though we lost in that horrible fashion on a kick return as the, basically the clock was running out, in a game where we just simply couldn't move the ball, we know that the problem wasn't the kick return. We know that the problem was our inability to have anything generated by our quarterback. Right. Anything. And to that's have another any, same any, old Jets yeah. thing. Yeah, quarterback. Right, that's the same old Jets thing, more so win, than that kick return. I mean, yep. <laughs> the kick return just, you know, the kick return happened, you know. And the kick, that in and of itself, our special teams has been pretty damn good this year. So they, they gave up a, a crucial return at the worst time in a game that they – couldn't score a point in basically on offense other than a, other than a field goal. Right. So, you know, but so we recognize that, well, you know, yeah, it was a terrible way to lose, but it wasn't that kick wasn't the reason why we lost last week. No, it was the it, bigger issue. And we corrected that to the credit of our coaching staff. We immediately, they saw it and they said, we got to do something right now. Well, we're too good to, I, to continue. I'm yeah. going to throw, a, I'm going to throw a little condition in there, right? It, the kick Go was ahead, not the reason we lost, but the kick was why it was same old jets. Who the hell loses like that? I've never in all the years and all the things I thought I literally saw everything in football. Who loses on a punt return on the last play of the game? I've never seen that in my life ever. Never even thought of no, it. I didn't no, think it was possible. No, it, well, it, it's not. You know, it ha- don't forget it happened uh, to the Giants on with uh, was it Deshaun? Not uh, with um, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, I remember. That. Yeah, yeah. Remember that one? I that was, was that the, the last that, play of the game when the Giants? Got it the was the last play of the game. Oh, Absolutely. And the yeah. punter kicked it straight down the middle of the field, Just like our guy. despite yeah. the fact that he was told not to kick it straight down the middle of the field. And Deshaun Jackson initially fumbled it and then picked That's it up. Right. And made his way all the way, and then he actually had time on the clock, so he just ran along the one-yard line until somebody from the Giants got within a, a well, few feet of him, and he stepped in the end zone and came right. over. You're right. You're yeah, right. That was, well, yeah. let's, let's see how good your memory is. What, what yeah. happened with the Jets that day? Because I remember that game. and then I, I know what happened the with the Jets game. that game. The Jets played Pittsburgh yep. that day. That was the day all they right? ran that the was the first themselves. Yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, that, so that was that, And we won that game in Pittsburgh that day. Yep. Uh, we had to have a defensive stand at the very that, end yep. to win it, but we did. Roethlisberger, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Brad Brad uh, Smith, right, was the one that returned the touchdown. Brad Smith was a wonderful player for he us. Was. He really was. I remember Brad Smith on a Thanksgiving Day game against. Um, I, I think it was against, but against Cincinnati. I don't know who he played on Thanksgiving that year, but he had a he had a kick return in the game where he actually ran out of his shoes. <laughs> I vaguely remember. It, that. it was on Thanksgiving. I remember that. If it, that, and it was the uh, the the, the margin Bengals of victory. Or, it had to be the Bengals because uh, because the um, because the other one was the Patriots and the butt fumble. It wasn't that one. So it had to be the Bengals because the oh, Bengals, they played the Bengals on Thanksgiving the year before that or two years before that, whenever it was. I can't, Rob. I want to tell you right now. If I could expunge the word butt fumble, butt fumble from the <laughs> sports vocabulary, I would and. First of all, you know, they, that is a byproduct of us being the Jets because 
I remember this. I rem- if you remember a few years ago, uh, I think it was in Daniel Jones' second season or something like that. He had a um, he had a scramble in a game on in prime time against somebody where he basically broke free and was was running for the end zone and basically tripped over his own feet and fell down. <laughs> Who okay? was this? I'm sorry, I'm. This was Daniel Jones on the oh, Giants. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, and. Um, and I said, I remember posting this on, on, I don't know if it was in your group or in some other group. And I said, you know what? Here's the difference between the Jets and the Giants or the Jets and any other team. Okay. If somebody, if that was the Jets quarterback who broke free with nobody in front of him and nobody within 10 yards from running to the end zone, they would have come up with a name for the play right. and it would become part of the sports vernacular. Oh, okay. Yeah. They would, you know, and, but with the, you know, Sanchez, what was, you know, the, everybody makes it sound like Sanchez was a complete bumbling idiot that he fumbled the ball after his offensive lineman slammed into him. Anybody who looks at that play can see that Sanchez had pressure coming from the other side, was scrambling around his offensive lineman who I don't, I don't know if it was, was it Brandon Moore? Maybe it was, I don't know. Wasn't it brick? Oh no, maybe, I don't know if it was, maybe it was Brandon no, it was, Moore. Maybe it was Brandon. I think Moore. it was Brandon Moore. Yeah. So he's scrambling around to get away from pressure from the other side, and his offensive lineman gets basically pushed back right into him. So he doesn't expect that guy to be there. He expects that guy to be holding his ground. And of course, well, boom, the ball drops. And you talk about recovering fumbles. That ball dropped where only where where the <laughs> defender was coming right at it. It was right. like here you go. The ball was sitting there. It seemed like for an eternity. Right. And of course, well, it had to happen on Thanksgiving Day. Well, other absolutely. than the butt fumble, which I, you know, I know you were going to games at that time. I didn't know it was yeah. a butt fumble till someone texted me to tell me. I mean, we couldn't tell from where I was sitting. I mean, but the two things other than the butt fumble that I remember from that game, one was that the Patriots scored 21 points in, in about a minute. Of, yeah, of football it just, time. It was like a kickoff return, a fumble return. I mean, it was just insane. And the other thing I remember is the Jets are down 35 to nothing with seven seconds left in the half. And instead of trying one play into the end zone, they kick a field goal with seven seconds left from like the five-yard line. It's like you're down 35 to nothing. What is three points going to do for you? And that is, is another time where I was just like, you know, Rex Rex talks of a great game, but in a situation like that, you can't just I – mean, I'd rather go out with zero points and try for the touchdown. But seven seconds, you got you to at least take one shot at the end zone at that point. It was whatever. Those are the two things I remember most from that game beyond the butt fumble. But the butt fumble, again, was not something that became a thing till afterwards because that wasn't an obvious thing like some other things. I couldn't tell that that he slammed his head into the guy's ass until someone texted yeah. me and then they showed replays and everything else. It's sad. It's sad yeah. because that's unfortunately that's become um, when people think of Mark Sanchez, they don't think about the guy who in his rookie season had to go on the road and won, win two playoff games and get his team to the AFC Championship oh, yeah, game against twice. Peyton Manning. Yeah. And then again, the very next year, had to go on the road in the first round, beat Peyton Manning on the road, and then beat Tom Brady on the road. And then, not by any of his own doing, um, uh, had to beat Ben Roethlisberger on the road, which, of course, they didn't do. That's because the defense came out flat oh, in that first yeah. half, and Mendenhall ran so all over flat. us. How could they? Yeah, be so flat? but yeah, that's that's the other thing. One of the damning thing about Rex is because as good as his defenses were, they also had a propensity to make downs. terrible plays at the worst possible time and, and give up big third downs. I mean, look at yeah. that. The, yeah. Look at the last play before the, the Jets never saw the ball again. They had a third down. They stopped them, and then a holding penalty gave them a first down. It basically ended yeah. the game. That's just that same old Jets right there. Even I mean, I still I have another memory of when it was Tebow mania. We played Tebow. Tebow. We played in Denver, and we literally he did nothing, nothing for 
58 minutes. That was the year I went to all the games. I remember that. Yeah, and he had a drive at the end where he evaded and he just made a scramble and ran into the end zone. His stat line was a joke. It was an abomination. And yet everyone was in love with Tebow because all he does is win. Yeah, I know. My goodness. We all know how bad Tebow was. I was in Denver for that game. We were ready to win. And then they gave him the ball under two minutes, no timeouts. And somehow he ran all over them. They win the game. And I got people screaming at me on my way out out of the stadium. It was just, it was not a good time. (laughs) It was bad. But yeah, I mean that's just one of a gazillion things with the Jets. It's whatever. Yeah. Well, this did turn into a a, a, a same old Jets bitch fest. Yeah. Rob, well, sorry. So, so we can go through a lot of games. I I, I want to do that sometime because everybody always talk, and usually you get the same five or six games as the ones everybody really talks about. But maybe we can come up with some other ones. All right, let's let's do what you feel will be the best case, worst case, and realistic case for this coming weekend. Um, I usually do that to end the show. I told you my best case is is the Jets coming out party, red carpet, whole nine yards, and they and they win big. Uh, worst case is the opposite. They, uh, you know, Mike White is, you know, has has a game like he did against Buffalo last week. The offense on Minnesota tears the Jets defense apart, and the Jets get hammered. I think realistically it'll be a pretty close game. I already gave scores in the last one, so I won't give them, but I'm going to ask you to. Um, realistically, I think it's a, a pretty close game that can go either way. I think the three points the Vikings are giving is a, is a great spread because I think it's going to come down to that. And then I, I don't even know who's going to win. I, I, I'll say Jets for the hell of it because I want them to win, but I think it'll be a very close game. Tell me what you think. I don't, I don't disagree with anything you said. I, I could easily see in this game being the same 24-21. I could see 27-24 or even 27-20, something like that. But um, – you know, you mentioned Mike White, you know, that he could explode, implode like he did against Buffalo last year. Let's keep something in mind about Mike White against Buffalo last year, okay? Mike White had that great game against Cincinnati, okay? Then he got hurt against Indianapolis, okay? Well, he started off great against Indianapolis. Right? He had first drive. He took them right down the field. He gets hurt. The Jets defense was atrocious. Uh, we we stage a mini comeback, almost come all the way back with Josh Johnson as a quarterback. Um, and then they put him in against Buffalo, and it's obvious that he was not healthy. Right. Okay, so he has a terrible game. By his own admission, he tried to do more than he was. He thought he should have been doing. He said it clearly himself. He was not. You know, he was trying to be somebody he wasn't, and he was doing it against probably the be- one of the best teams in football, as we know after the fact. Okay, I think that. This is a, is as impressive as as impressed as everyone was with Mike White this past week. I think this game again is not about the Jets defense. Uh, it's it's about is Mike White the answer for the rest of the season? And we're not even going to go into dabbling like beyond. And if Mike White manages by whatever means to play a competent game on the road in Minnesota against the number two seed in the NFC. And somehow leads the Jets to victory by whatever margin. We're going to know that we have something special happening right now. Yeah, I, I, it's very true. I um, and and, and I, I, I I'm, my, I, I'm thinking I'm looking at this as as just as you are. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think that we are going to um, we're going to do what we've done over a large part of the season. We're going to establish ourselves in the fourth quarter, and I think we're going to be able to move the ball, especially on the ground. I'm hoping that they uh, use Bam Knight again this week because I think they discovered a little bit of lightning in a bottle with that kid. Yeah. Um, I, I really, I, I see the Jets winning this game in a close one. I think it's going to be something along the lines. I think it might be 
I say 28, 24, something like that. I actually I I said 27, 24. Look at yeah, that. That's something along those lines. Now, I have a, I have a question for you sure. before we sign off, okay? okay? Because we've been having this debate, me and uh, some of the guys at work, about who we should be rooting for tomorrow night. It's an easy Buffalo one. Buffalo or New England. It's an easy okay? one. Now, to me, it's an easy one because I'm looking at – the the most you know I'm looking at the best case scenario and then obviously the, the realistic scenario and then there's the the pie in the sky dream scenario you know the pie in the sky dream scenario to me is that okay you root for New England to beat Buffalo because then the division is wide open okay and while I want to win the division more than anything else I think what I want more than anything else and what I should really be focusing on is just getting into the postseason which means Buffalo beating New England and putting New England in our rearview mirror because right now New England is got the, is the only person in the division, the only team in the division has a tiebreaker over us. Right. So we don't want New England somehow, and you know we we wind up losing two or three games down the stretch, and we get to ten, and New England wins the same amount down the stretch, and, and winds up pulling up behind us, and and we wind up on the outside looking in because of that. So that's my first priority is to make sure that New England is dead and buried. So. I wonder if you agree with that. Should we be looking at Buffalo beating New England first before we look at it the other way? Okay. The 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 focus or the intent. I'm I'm forgetting the exact word I'm trying to think of here. The goal of every team in any sport is to control their own destiny, right? You don't want you don't want to rely on anybody else. So with yeah. that in mind, to me it is a no-brainer. You root for Buffalo because Buffalo is only a game ahead of you and you have to play them again. So if you right. just do what you're supposed to do, Buffalo puts New England two games behind you. You beat Buffalo. You're tied with Buffalo. Take care of your own business. You don't have to worry about them. If Let's put it this way. It won't happen. But if the Jets win out, they win the division because they play Miami and Buffalo. They have the tiebreakers. So if they win every game, then they are clearly the division winners no matter what anybody else does. So all I ask is that you give me control of my own destiny and don't scoreboard watch. And the way to do that is to eliminate as many teams as possible and leave it to you to have to take care of your business. So 100% Buffalo, never even considered rooting for New England because I'm not worrying about the division. If we're going to win the division, we're going to have to do it. The, we're going to have to do it the way we do it, which is winning. So 100% Buffalo beats New England, and that's the only way to go. We're on the same page on that there one. There you bro. go. All right, my friend. Enjoy your christening. I will. Uh, I'll send you a couple of uh, ha ha texts yeah. as we uh, as we go. You along. have a great great trip Thank to Minnesota so with the boys, and I hope it's a great game, <laughs> and that you guys are hugging and jumping around after the final gun sounds. Have you been to a road game? I have. I've been. I've been to Miami several times. I was. I've been. I went to Miami two years, um, where Marino broke my heart. Oh, two years. I was at a okay, okay. Yeah, I went twice to Miami. I've been to. Uh, I was at uh, in Washington. What a horrible stadium that was! Oh, yeah. By the way, the old Orange Bowl was. You know, other than the fact that we won our only championship in the Orange Bowl, the Orange Bowl was also a terrible stadium as well. I haven't been to that. And one. Uh, the Washington Stadium have, is awful. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. yeah, it's horrible. The FedEx Field's terrible. Yep. And um, I've been to San Diego back when, uh, but but I wasn't back even there Murphy. for a jet game. I was there for a business trip. And I was, uh, was when I was working at Relativity at the same time. I was I was there for the Concrete Forum convention. Oh, at, uh, nice. You know, well, I remember listening to Rob, uh, Rob Halford give the uh, <laughs> keynote speech at this thing. That's awesome. And I decided to drive down to San Diego because the Raiders weren't in town, but the Chargers were. So I went down there to see the Chargers play uh, the Bengals. Nice. All and right. Well, we're going to get you that was a game. That was a nice stadium, and that was a beautiful, beautiful drive down uh, the coast of San Diego. Yeah, San so. Diego is awesome. The weather's great. Yeah. Well, I go to at least 
least one road game every year. So we're going to get you to one. I'm telling you because what, what made me bring this up is you said, I hope you're, you're jumping around and cheering. I'm telling you, there, there are two things about road games that, that nobody can know what it's like until you experience it. Number one is walking into a stadium full of people in the other colors, screaming, yelling. Every time mm-hmm. they score a touchdown, you know, everybody's cheering and you're not. It's a weird feeling. And the other thing is at the end of the game when, when you win and you, you and the other Jet fans, because the Jet fans travel very well, are screaming and yelling in a dead quiet place. Those are the, the two great takeaways and the amazing parts of road games. Unbelievable stuff. Yeah, I said I had that experience in Washington. We won that game in Washington. That was actually the last. I believe that was the that was the Victor Cruz year when we were in Washington. That's when I turned fifty, and so my my brother in laws all chipped oh, in. Thirty four seventeen down. Jets, right? Yeah, yep, that's, I was at I that. think, that's yeah. one I was at. That's, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Once again, the year I went to all seventeen games. Freaking whatever the case may be. Okay, my friend, nice talking to you. Enjoy. Uh, we'll we'll catch up next week. Pleasure's all mine, Rob. Have a great trip. Let's go, Jets. J E T S, baby. Let's go, Jets. Right.